own voice. Hallelujah. Lift up a praise to him. You are God. You are an awesome God. Oh, my heart believes in you. My trust is in you. Hallelujah. My trust is in you alone. Oh, my God. You are the most high. We pray to no other but you. We look to no other but you. We trust in no other but you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness tries to hide his face, we rest on his unchanging grace. In every storm and windy gale, our anchor holds within the veil. Hallelujah. And when trumpet, when Jesus comes with trumpet sound, oh, may we then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before his throne. Lord, we're so thankful for the blood of Jesus that makes us worthy to stand in your presence. We do bow. We do lay before you. But the effectiveness of the blood of Jesus gives us actual right to stand in your presence and look in your face. We magnify and we honor the blood that gives us that right. We have no right of our own. We have no righteousness of our own. We're not mighty because of ourselves. We're not magnificent because of any of our own doing. We're nothing without you. Where it comes to prayer, our trust is completely in the great prayer. Hallelujah. Our high priest, our trust is in the great intercessor, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If any barriers are to be broken, it's because we have total and complete, absolute trust in you. God, we love you. We trust you. We honor the blood of Jesus. Isaiah. 40, the last verse. I know you're familiar with it. We could say it together. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Then the next verse of the next chapter says, Listen in silence before me, O islands and regions bordering on the sea. Let the people gather and let them renew their strength. The verse of scripture before, the one we just got through saying, tells us how to renew our strength. Tells us to wait on the Lord. That word wait means to braid yourself with God. To renew your strength means to exchange your strength. Guys, we, I think we're impassioned enough. I think we could, we could really do some fiery praying but I don't know I, I, I'm not I, I'm not about um, really into and I don't think you are into just wanting to make a noise Paul talked about not being a fighter as one who beats the air so it's not just being impassioned and excited and and letting off steam and venting at the devil because he's he's a spirit to even connect any punches there you have to get in the spirit we have to exchange our strength so that we're not doing anything with our passion we're not doing anything as just our human 
our human desire. We won't connect anything there. We have to renew our strength, exchange it, give our strength to God. He gives us His. I've just found prayer goes way much better in His strength than it does in mine. We're to be strong, but it tells us how to be strong. It's strong in the Lord, yeah. in the power of His might. Um, Brenda's right. There is work to be done. There's something to be accomplished. And... Um, and we'll get it. I believe he has something prepared for us. And uh, I believe he's preparing us for what he's prepared for us. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Uh, we're going to tune tune just a bit to the word. And then uh, we, we, may just, we may just pick this back up again in a little bit then. Praise God, you may be seated. At the beginning of this year, the Lord told me something really interesting that, my goodness, it just has continued to grow this whole year. About, uh, He said, ask me questions. Ask me questions that only I can answer. It's amazing. It's amazing how um, sometimes in prayer, once we we have some uh, information as far as verses of scripture, and we have some written will of the Lord, uh, where it can be, where we start leaning to that understanding, and we don't lean to the actual person of the word. We'll just lean just to our understanding, and. Um, um, if you'll remember, I can give you these references. I don't know that we'll take time to look at them, but they're in, in uh, Samuel. And it was after 2 Samuel, excuse me, probably it's in 1 Samuel, the 23rd chapter. I just am opening this up now, but it's after David became king. And uh, the Philistines, um, they gathered together to come against him, and he... The Bible says he inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. Say inquire. inquire. Uh, usually we don't, we don't usually say inquire. We usually just say ask. But um, he asked something of the Lord. And you have to know that by the time that this all happened, I think we should just look at it. By the time this happened, David was a skilled warrior. He had, he had fought many battles. He had, uh, he had become very skilled in the art of war, of strategizing and knowing what to do, when to do it, and how to do it, and who to put first and all. But he still didn't lean to his own understanding. And it says here, in the 23rd chapter, in verse 2, it says, So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go smite the Philistines and save Gila. And then in verse 4, David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him. Uh, and then he asked a question in verse 11. Notice the question mark in verse 11. Will the men... Of Caleb, deliver me into his hand, and will Saul come down as your servant has heard? And the Lord answered him and told, gave him an answer. Verse 12, then David asked, will the men of Caleb deliver me and my men into Saul's hand? And the Lord said, they will deliver you up. So he asked God questions that there was no one else he could have answered, uh, asked, uh, answered these questions in the way that God did. If you'll look in 2 Samuel, the second chapter. 2 Samuel, the second chapter. I just like David because he, he won a lot. And I want to win a lot in prayer. And so, you know, there's just some, some, of, our, um, 
some of this greater family that we have. One day we'll, we'll get to talk some stuff over with David. But uh, there were some reasons why that he won a lot. And he had this heart that was after God that never trusted in himself except this one time when he counted the people and it really wreaked havoc for everybody and loose death on everybody. But leaning to our own understanding, even after our own understanding has been enlightened or educated, is still not leaning on God. And so... um, it says here in the, in the second chapter, in the first verse, after this, David inquired. Let's say that word again. Of the Lord saying, shall I go up into this, any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, go up. And David said, to which shall I go up? And he said to Hebron. This is when uh, he became uh, king. And he was first just king there in Hebron. In the fifth chapter, go to the fifth chapter. We see... In verse 19, now he's taken the, the, the kingdom, and this is what I had started telling you about it. In verse 19, David inquired of the Lord because the Philistines had come and spread themselves in the valley of Raphim. And uh, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to David, go up for I will surely deliver them into your hands. And sure enough, the Philistines were smitten. And then in verse 22, the Philistines came up again. Don't you know? I heard, um, I heard one time uh, uh, Jeannie Wilkerson. I don't know if any of you had opportunity to hear uh, this woman, Jeannie Wilkerson. But uh, she, she taught at Rama one time. And uh, the subject that she spoke on that day was the intercession of of, uh, I think it was Satan's intercession. It's a very odd, it's a very odd title. And uh, basically what, what she went into was at the crucifixion of Jesus, actually the trial of Jesus. Uh, Jesus had been acquitted by Pilate and, uh, and the, the, the people said no. Uh, He was sent to Herod. Herod acquitted him. He was sent back to Pilate. And Pilate said, I don't find anything wrong with him. And and they just, the the people just wouldn't quit. And they they kept on lifting up their voice and saying, crucify him, crucify him. And you can see it there in the scripture where they just were relentless. They just would not let it go. And finally... In the scripture, it said, the voice of the people prevailed. And uh, that's something that we have to know about the enemy is after a really fantastic prayer time uh, and and you, you beat him back. It's like ugly grass or weeds in the right environment. It's just going to try to grow again. And in this, in this chapter, we can see that the Philistines came up and they were defeated. And then they came up again. You say, how long is this going to go on? Until he's put in the lake of fire. <laughs> it's just going to go on. And so if Christians think, well, we did that, and then I guess that's done. Then uh, he's going to have an advantage because there has to be perseverance in effective praying. And you really can win a victory. You really can um, score. And then he, he'll come again. He'll come again. So you know what we do? If we're moving in the Holy Ghost and not just by passion, we'll come again. And if he comes again, we'll come again. And if he raises up, we'll just raise up even bigger because God gives more grace. And, and you see that same process, you know, when David went up against Goliath and they exchanged words. They, uh, Goliath first, you know, he mocked David and, and cursed him by his gods and, and David didn't back off. He, he, mocked, he mocked Goliath. Remember that? He goes, I'll tell you who's going to be given flesh to the birds and, and the beasts of the field. It's me. 
And not only that, I'm taking your head off. And that was something that Goliath hadn't said. So David one-upped him. But after that, then it says that Goliath moved toward David. But it says that David started moving toward Goliath. And then, and then Goliath started running at him. And then David ran to Goliath. There is just this, uh, this thing that, you know, in our, our humanity sometime, we just want it to be done. Just be over. Well, it will be when we're in heaven. But unless you just want to go there right now and join the great cloud of witnesses for uh, people who aren't over yet, then, uh, then we're just, we just stay on the horse. Praise the Lord. So it says here, uh, the Philistines came up again. That's a really important thing for us to know. Came up again and spread themselves out in the valley of Raphim. When David inquired of the Lord, he said, You'll sh you shall not go up, but go around behind them and come upon them over the opposite the mulberry trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the top of the mulberry trees, then you'll bestir yourself. And then has the Lord gone out before you to smite the army of the Philistines? And David did as the Lord had commanded him and smote the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. <laughs> Those are interesting places. Huh? But anyway... The reason David had victories is he did what the Lord told him to do. And the reason he did what the Lord told him to do is because he asked the Lord what to do. If you don't ask, then you by default have to just go by what you know. And, uh, and knowing good things is better than not knowing anything at all. But uh, Jesus said he could not do anything without the Father. He said, I can do nothing without him. And he was full of grace and truth. Seemed to me like he was just, uh, he could have moved independently from the Father if he was full of grace and truth. But Jesus said, no. Jesus said, I can do nothing without grace or without the Father. And so neither can we. So we ask the Lord. It's a part of prayer. It's a part of prayer that increases our effectiveness is by asking God questions. Um, there was something, um, and in this setting, I, I like to refer to, you know, our common training. And um, Brother Hagen greatly respected George Mueller as a prayer. And he referred to him uh, when he was seeking the Lord for counsel himself. And I remember praying uh, about some things over a period of time with him. Uh, I remember praying over a period of time about uh, some direction. It was actually the time we went to, to Fresno. If I wouldn't have gone on that trip, I'd have never married Tony. But it was... Uh, it was on that trip. I didn't want to go on that trip, and, and I wasn't scheduled to do any speaking on that trip. But um, he, he asked that I go on that trip, that we just pray in the afternoon, that there was, a, there was a matter that we needed to pray about and he needed direction on. So every day we would set out to pray. And I've remembered these things because when he would set out to pray, uh, he would ask God questions. He would tell the Lord what he was thinking, and then he would ask him if that was right. In his understanding. And he would say, is this the right thing? And then we'd pray in other tongues for a long period of time. The next day, he would ask the questions that were on his heart. But he said that he um, was greatly influenced by George Mueller's uh, prayer life along this line. So I've just been looking at one of George's, George Mueller's um, biographies, you know. And I, I was looking at it last night in the middle of the night because I wasn't sleeping. But I was looking at it and I was noticing how, how he did, how he asked questions of the Lord. And, um, and when God answers, that word then becomes 
what we call rhema. It's what God is saying right now in this situation. It, not just in the last situation I was in. Not what I already have in my journal. It's what he is saying right now. You don't get those unless you're currently talking to God, conversing with God. And I, I remember that there were sometimes in those kind of prayer meetings, or those kind of prayer settings, when uh, he would ask God questions about what it was that he was looking for, and God would talk to him not only about the situation, he would talk to him also about other areas. When you come into the throne room, it's like a, uh, it's like a dressing room where you are uh, very vulnerable before the Lord. You dress up in armor before the enemy, but when you come into Father's place, you don't have to have any defenses up. And you can just be really honest. And it's an opportunity for God not only to give you direction about uh, the situation, but He can give you and speak into your life as a person and Lord you. He can Lord you. After you take it out of the song and you just you come in there and he starts poking in your life. And it makes a difference in how you, um, how you succeed and you triumph uh, than when you speak in mountains or when you, when you deal with situations you engage in an assignment for God or I should say with God. But first, before you do something with God, you just come to Him. And, and I'm telling you, I, I, I remember Him doing that with, with, um, with Brother Hagen. And, and the Holy Spirit started just stirring this back up in me. I suppose different times, accidentally, uh, led by the Holy Spirit, I would do that. But the beginning of this year, when the Holy Spirit said, Inquire of me, you ask me questions. Then, uh, boy, uh, I started remembering things that I forgot that I forgot. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit started reminding me of things in the Word. And uh, I, I was walking in my home one night, uh, praying in the night, and he said, he said, when I am Lord to you, and to the degree that I am Lord to you, I am Lord through you. It's just true. So especially when you're, when you're going to be and you're doing assignments in God that take you, uh, you, they take you and you're confronting darkness and you're confronting the works of, the dar of darkness, then um, and we, we, we want to march in what Jesus marched in when he said, uh, the prince of this world has come and he has nothing in me. Amen. <laughs> you don't want to be out there and the devil remind you of something that, you know, needs to be taken care of. We just take care of it with the Father. Amen. <laughs> and that's why the blood is so important. That's why, you know, our standing is so uh, just in the, the worth that that blood gives us. And it gives you boldness and confidence to, to go in your assignment and, uh, and persevere to the end. Where if, if there's something that the devil can poke, it, where, it, if, where it usually affects you is in the perseverance. It's not in the initial jab or the initial prayer. It's in the perseverance of it. And so... Um, so yeah, praise the Lord. We just we we just love the throne of God. This, don't we just love His presence? We don't have you know. And in life, uh, you, you learn to keep your 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 hands up, or you keep your arms up in defense. You never know if somebody's going to say something bad to you, or maybe things happened in your life where you've had to be this way, you know, to people. But in the presence of God, you can put your hands down because He loves us. And any involvement that he has with us is beautiful and it's kind and it's helpful and it's healing. Aren't you so thankful we have a good father? And so uh, in his presence, uh, 
he's able to speak into our life. I cannot even tell you how many times in it just even I'm thinking about just this year when um, because he said being Lord to you. Oh, I say, okay, then have at it. I like to sing the song. You're my Lord. Have at it. He'll come come at different areas of my life, never condemning, but lording it. And you can always tell where he is lording because it's good. Mm. Praise the name of the Lord. So we inquire. We inquire. Ask the Lord questions. Go to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 55. This is another, another prayer thing. A portion of scripture. I didn't know which way we were going tonight. I kind of thought we were start off on Jesus coming again. Which I think maybe we'll just do that one too. I love to talk about Jesus coming again. Because it's sure a platform to pray from. But uh, it just seemed right that we start this way. Uh, look at verse 6. It said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the, un- let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought and let him return to the Lord. He will have pity and mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Now, you know, when we think um, uh, the, let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous man their thought, no one in this room, if you're born again, we're not wicked nor are we unrighteous. Aren't you glad? We're the children of God and we're saints of God and we're the righteous of God. So, uh, you know, of course, we don't interpret that verse of scripture in the way that we're not righteous and we're not and that we're not saints and all. But what we can do with this verse of scripture that is right is any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know what wicked means is crooked. And I, in I, my righteous self, I mean, my, I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. But I have had unrighteous thoughts. Is anybody else help me in here? Have you ever had a wicked thought? And I'm not talking about like murdering your neighbor or poisoning their cat or whatever it was that uh, could be a wicked thought. I'm not talking about something heinous. I'm talking about anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is crooked. And that means wicked. So what this says is let, uh, you know, let's just forsake anything wicked. So when we're in the throne room of God to calibrate, to prepare for for, uh, engagement with God, to engage an assignment in the Lord, it's good to just ask Him if your thoughts are the same as his. Because <laughs> sometimes we're agreeing with him partly and disagreeing with him in another. But we don't even know it. A lot of the areas that I have been in disagreement with him, I've had real strong opinion in it. And when I asked him, I found that it wasn't even the way he was thinking. But I wouldn't have known. If I hadn't have asked, I'd have just barreled in ahead and prayed the way I thought, mixed with the way he thought. So what do you get when you pray a mixture? You get a mixture. You get a mixture. Guys, I believe we can have, we can have full-fledged God results and, and not a mixture. But to do that, then, you, you have to, uh, it, it's like the... It's sharpening your sword and getting off the blunt edges or the dented things and those dented areas and those blunt things is just our own thoughts. Just, well, you know, anyone would do that. Well, maybe not God. So, uh, So we inquire of the Lord. Now notice what it says here. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways says the Lord. And we're going to be praying for, I don't know, whatever the Lord wants us to be praying about. But probably, He may have us be praying about uh, America. 
Would that be okay with you? At least a bit, a bit of our prayer. I'd really be happy if he'd let us pray about that. But, um, but it says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, says the Lord. Neither are my ways your ways. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and your thoughts than my thoughts or your, my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, but then praise the Lord. He gives us his thoughts. And he gives us his ways. So this, this wonderful time in the throne room of God uh, is a time of exchange where you renew your strength. And your strength is not just your muscle. It's your thought about the situation. It's your opinion about the situation. And you exchange it. And that's what I remembered hearing and the Lord reminded me of hearing Brother Hagin would say, this is, what, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that we'll do these meetings and we'll go here and here and here and here. And, uh, but if, you, if this is not your, what your plan is, let me know. Where you submit your thoughts to him. That's not even hard. But if we're going to be going out in the name of the Lord... You don't want him in heaven uh, when you're going, in the name, and this is the way to talk to turn and do this, and, and he's in heaven going, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> or, you know, there's just bits of it that he, he's going, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then there's other bits of it he's going, no. But just because that we're his children doesn't mean that we've embraced all of his thoughts. Maybe we've embraced him and held ours too. But this waiting on the Lord and exchanging our strength is exchanging our thought. And if you are thinking right, then he confirms his thought. And then it becomes not just your opinion, then you're holding his thought. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. He told, he told me, oh, this has been uh, some years ago. He said things concerning... Uh, politics and things concerning national events hold those thoughts very open-handed. Don't hold them like this. Your thoughts, hold them like this. That, that's interesting. He said, hold fast. Hold fast to my nature. Hold fast to my word. But hold your own opinions like this. And let him see him. We can do that, can't we? Pretty much, if he is perfect and right, and if we have any thought that is different than his, then what's that make ours? Yeah. If we're not exactly as... I'm talking about his thought and his mind in a matter. And then we're wrong. And when we lug that into prayer, it's like a ball in a chain. It hinders you in prayer. So praise the Lord. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And, uh, but, but he wants us to inquire and ask of the Lord. Now, if you'll, just go, if you'll just go on over to Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62. Hallelujah. Do you know when, um, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and they had been up in that room for some time. And, uh, you know, what were they doing in that room? Uh, I believe that they were exchanging some of their thoughts. They were with, in one accord in one place. Not just one accord with one another, you can never get in one accord with one another. It's true. You can just exhaust yourself. And you get really mad at them for not being in accord with you. Because bless God, there's no way that I'm changing. But when, uh, but when we all converge in one location, when we all come to Him, this is our place of agreement. This is where we all come in agreement. Now, there are born-again believers that have 
all different kinds of opinions and, and approaches for politics and uh, world events and different things. It's just amazing. You know, when we were living in, in Italy, uh, there was a lady from Rome that had come down to Sicily. You guys were where? You guys were in Rome or Sicily? Oh, you almost made it. They're going to come. They're going to come over and see us. But anyway, uh, when we when we were in Sicily, this lady had come down from Rome to come to school, and uh, she was like a, a grandmother. Became a grandmother, like to my children. Uh, my second daughter was born in Sicily, and so when we she was six months old, then we moved up to Rome. She came with us, and she became like just uh, their nanny, their nanny, their grandmother, and was in the house every day. We were just with her. She was always there, uh, you know, in every meeting she was always there, even though she'd graduated from school. She was always just around and around and around, and then we, we moved up to northern Italy, and uh, so we were four years there, so f that'd be five years, one year in Sicily, four years in Rome, so five years. And then uh, we were in northern Italy for three. And, uh, and at that time, there was a, an election in Italy, and she voted communist. And we'd been with her for, she'd been with us for seven years. And she voted communist. And we were like, really? And she wasn't a liberal person. She loved God with all of her heart. When she'd cook in the house, she cooked all the time. Oh, she was so good. Oh, I love that woman. <laughs> she'd be cooking. She'd be, she'd be praying in tongues. She'd be singing Italian Christian songs all the time. And she just loved Jesus with all of her heart. And she voted communist. <laughs> Is that, how does that happen? So, but see, and, and she did it out of the integrity of her heart. She, that's the way she saw politics. So, and so what happens then if we try to all get on the same page uh, and we get mad at each other, we get in strife with people that don't think like we do. Guys, if we're going to pray, we're going to have to go up to a higher place where we're all in agreement. Amen. And it exists. It's a wonderful place in God where the plans and the purposes of God come to pass. So um, here in, in Isaiah 62, it says in verse 6, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day or night. You who are his servants and by your prayers put the Lord in remembrance of his promises. Keep not silence and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her to be a praise in the earth. I like this. Keep not silence. Now, just a little bit ago, I quoted a verse of scripture from Isaiah about keep silence. <laughs> keep silence. Well, that's before. That is before. Uh, that's why you calibrate and you talk to God. You're not talking to mountains. You're not talking to situations. You're not giving the devil any orders. You're talking to God. And the, you get counsel from him. You exchange your strength. You wait on the Lord. But once you've waited on the Lord and once you do have his mind and you hold his thought in a particular thing, that you keep not silence. And you work with that day and night and you give him no rest until he establishes the thing that he gives you to pray about. And he makes it a praise in the earth. Until it's glorious, then we never stop. Until he is praised, we never stop. Until it is the omega and you know it's the end because Jesus is the end. If anything else, it says and rises up as a premature end, you can say, nope, this isn't the end. It's not victorious. Jesus is the end of the matter. And so until then, God is looking for people who will not keep silence. 
Now, to be able to have that kind of perseverance and stick to you have to have something more than just a human passion. And you have to be, uh, you have to have something more than just a, de- a strong desire. You have to be fueled actually by heaven. Um, in, um, in Colossians, the third chapter, in the third verse, it says, In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Romans 11, uh, chapter in the verse 33 says, Oh, the depth and the riches of the, both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. That's in Romans 11, 33. Um, the wisdom that is in God. And let me ask you a question. Where is he? Where is he? The depth and the, uh, the riches and the wisdom of God is in us. Is in us. And so that wisdom, we're not trying to get it out of heaven. We're not trying to, you know, break it out of the kingdom of darkness or something. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he is in us. So wisdom and knowledge are in us. So with all the wisdom and, and knowledge of all, all of God, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be silly to pray out of your soul or out of your head. You want to you shift and change gears and, and pray out of your, your spirit. Praise God for praying in other tongues. But a lot of times the Holy Spirit would, if we inquire of the Lord, would give us a rhema, which is a declarative, a proclaiming word. It would be a word to change things, break things, to break barriers. And so, but that wisdom comes from in here. You know, uh, uh, this last week I looked on, on Google because I was, I was thinking about mining, how mining is. And uh, in the state of Colorado, that's the one I grew up in, our state seal, part of the state seal has uh, two mining tools, one a pick and the other uh, like a sledgehammer. It's part of our, our state seal. Because mining was big there as it is in, uh, in California. And, you know, you guys came a state. When did you guys come a state? 1850. And we, you came a state before we did. Colorado wasn't a state until uh, 1876. But the reason why heaps of people came to Colorado, the mo- majority of people that came to Colorado were was for there were some for land as my grandparents but there was it was also for mining as it was for California they wanted to get to California it was for gold for silver for for what was in the ground there are some treasures for uh, for concerning the plan of God that are on the surface that become you become aware of just because they make their way to the top like a nugget, can make its way to the top. But if you want to strike it rich, what do miners have to do? They have to dig. They have to dig. And so, praise the name of the Lord, um, God has given us, with these, with these times in the presence of God, He'll give you a pick. He'll give you a word. He'll give you a heart desire. It doesn't have to be uh, fed through the news. It doesn't have to be fed through hearing disaster or anything or uh, any kind of human passion. It's fed by the Spirit of God on the inside. And you will pick until you strike it rich. So, you know, it, it's interesting because Jesus said, don't be, don't be thinking that you're going to be heard because of your much speaking. Don't be like the heathen that always are repeating. And so there can be this kind of prayer that you just, um, you know, that people just repeat things by rote. And the other religions do that. They just repeat the same thing over and over. They just repeat the same thing over and over. But if we're not careful, we'll repeat the same thing over and over. What going to and calibrating in the throne room and waiting on the Lord does is it, um, it puts a pick in your hand or a sledgehammer in your hand, 
And if you've ever worked with a hammer or worked with a pick, you don't just ding and it's done. Now, there's some kinds of prayer, the prayer of faith, where there are things that are ours because they uh, have been bought and paid for. You pray the prayer of faith, you ask it, and you receive it by faith, and it is done. You never pray about that again. You just thank the Lord for it because you've received it by faith. But for projects and assignments like praying for a nation or praying for this generation, praying that the reign of the Spirit would fall in an area, in a geographic location, or then uh, that is an assignment that you pray And you pray it over and over again. And every time you do, you pray it in faith. With the pick that God gives you. With the verse that God gives you. With the word that God gives you. Amen. So I'm remembering, uh, you know, when way back it was before communism uh, dismantled. And we would pray for the rain. Every Monday night. This has been years ago in the early, what would have been the early 80s. And we would pray every Monday night for the rain from Zechariah, the 10th chapter in the first verse. And uh, Hosea, the 6th chapter in the third verse. We would pray for the rain. And James, uh, the the 5th chapter in the 7th verse, that the precious fruit of the earth, you know, the Lord is waiting until he received the early and the latter rain and to pray earnestly that he might receive the early and the latter rain. Those verses became like a pick. Do you remember how we did that? And we would pray those verses of Scripture and pray those verses of Scripture and pray those verses of Scripture until we struck it rich. But how we struck it rich was so different than the way I thought it was going to come to pass. I was quite happy to sneak Bibles in because I I like that sneaky stuff and and did it one time and I just loved that. I just thought, oh, just sign me up with this smuggling thing. I love this. And you, we had to, you know, kind of blend in and get on this, on this bus and go on this bus and not walk by anybody, you know, walk with anybody. Oh, it's so cool. I just loved it. And, uh, but that's not the way that God wanted to bring that thing to pass. But what we, we weren't praying that God would help us to be good smugglers. Uh, God gave, God gave, you know, and, and, you know, brother Andrew was God's smuggler, you know, so God raised up people like Brother Andrew. You know, we could have gone from that, that standpoint and pray, you know, what we knew to pray and help us to be bold and fearless and, you know, to go in and sneak and hide and blind the eyes of all the security guards. We could have prayed prayers like that and really sounded spiritual when we prayed it. But it wasn't the mind of God. He said to pray for the rain. And so I remember we, we'd pray every Monday night, but we were faithful to keep praying. And every time we'd come together, even we were praying about something else, uh, Brother Hagin would say at the end, he'd say, got to pray for the rain. And we'd pray for the rain, pray for the rain. Well, how, how then uh, the purpose and the plan of God then started happening was so different, so different. God started bringing this alliance of leaders. Unusual people all coming together and they formed this strong alliance. They had the same thought. Uh, Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher and and, uh, Gorbachev. And, And they started thinking alike. And they, the rain just started getting on their heads. (laughs) brainwashing them people couldn't even believe uh, the the possibility of of what was presented with that glossnos thing that was what and without bloodshed without war they tore down a wall just amazing The purposes and plans of God 
don't have to come to pass the way we think. Oh, it's got to be this way or it's never going to be right. Let's just see what God could do to pull this off where his name is glorified. Amen. But to do that, you have to surrender your thoughts. Some things may be similar to the way that we think. It may be completely different than the way that we think. But you know what, guys? Uh, let's, let's all come into this, into this throne room and let God be our Lord. I'm telling you, uh, that's for some of the assignment that we want to do. But while I'm just saying this, there's some, there's some people that have been praying for your children in this room. If you'll come into, this, into the throne room and you surrender your thoughts to God about your child, surrender your interaction with your child, surrender the words that you speak to your child, not just the words you speak about, not just the promises of God, but everything. Surrender your interaction with your children. His lordship is going to come in and straighten something that's been crooked. And it's going to release the power of God to your kids. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> there's, there's people in this room. And you've had, it just seems like that your finances have gotten kinked off. Just kinked off. And just a little bit, it's like a hose that's been kinked. Just a little bit's coming through, but it's, it's not open like it was. And this comes up in my heart. It's not just the channel that's kinked. It's your thinking that's kinked. When that thinking opens up to his thinking, the finances will flow again. Praise the name of the Lord. And it's not, uh, it's not even really hard, hard stuff. It's just adjustments, adjustments in your thinking. Praise the name of the Lord. We just let him do brain help on us today. Surrendering our thoughts up to him. That our thoughts become his thoughts. That our ways become his ways. And so then there's somebody in here. There's somebody in here that has... Uh, something that's been in your heart for a long, long time, and you know it's the will of God, but it just seems to never get off the ground, never get off the ground. And what's in my heart to say is the thought is right, but the way you've gone about it is your own way. The thought's right, but the way's crooked. <laughs> well, the thought ain't going to work unless the way is the right way. And so when you do, when you surrender not only your thoughts to him, but the way that you're doing what it is you're doing, it gives him opportunity to lord to you so he can lord through you. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's just put our hands up to the Lord and just worship him a bit. Oh, Lord, we trust your lordship. You're the Lord. You're the Lord. My knee bows. My tongue confesses that you are Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when he gives you a tool, when he gives you a tool, a word, it could be a word that he's given to you before. It could be a different word. It could be something that you already have in your notebook or hanging on your wall. But when you come into the throne room and he speaks that to you again, it turns it from just a verse of scripture in your Bible into a sword or a pick that you can, you can use to pick and get treasures of God. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me. And I'll do what? I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that, that you don't know. That you don't know. What questions indicate to God is that you don't 
already know. If we come in always and are telling God what to do, telling every, just telling everybody what to do, telling the devil, telling mountains, telling God, telling angels, telling everybody. And there is that operation in prayer. But there's this other operation in prayer. A part of seeking the Lord is inquiring of Him. Actually acknowledging that He's smart. Acknowledging that He has superior wisdom. Praise the name of the Lord. Mm. Let's, just work, let's just pray a little bit along this line. If you can go and play. Mm. Let's get some wisdom. Let's pick some wisdom tonight. Bless the name of the Lord. You know, God is interested in your life. God's interested in every aspect of our lives. Our personal life, our church life, our life as citizens. Call unto Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You said to come boldly into your throne room. And that's where we are. We entered in when we were worshiping. The, the wonderful worship tonight and the songs that were sung that just helped us to do that. We've entered into your throne room tonight. You said to come boldly that we may obtain and we do. We inquire of you. Not just, not just requiring of you your mercy and grace to help us in the time of need. We require of you your wisdom. And we just put it up to you tonight. Mm. We just ask some things of you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, don't be weary in well-doing. For you'll reap if you don't faint. And His Word, His grace, causes you to be strong causes you to be able to stand so that you don't faint so that you will reap thank you Jesus situations to be straightened things that have brought sorrow and aggravation and frustration things that have brought lack mm, there to bring glory to him Opportunities for the glory of the Lord to be made manifest in those areas. Lord, we just come to you and we bring anything crooked. We lay it before you. In our waiting on you. We bring our thinking about any area. And we say, Lord, think through our mind. Think in us. Speak in us. Show us your thought about every area. Show us your thought about things that are rough. Hmm. There's a reason why that relationship is rough. There's rough thinking. <laughs> rough ways. Oh, We bring those rough areas. We bring those crooked things. We bring those things that are dark, that we just don't understand, and we ask you questions. How does that work? How does that work, Lord? Thank you. Thank you for speaking into us tonight. In Jesus' name. 
I cannot ask your questions. But bring your questions before him. And Lord, I thank you for even helping us to know what questions to ask. Thank you for bringing to us what we should even ask of you. Oh, you know what? That's what he's going to do. Not questioning, not questioning like Zechariah ask these things that you say to me. By what shall I know that they'll come to pass? It was questioning in doubt. It can't be true. What you say can't be true. It's too good to be true. Asking in doubt. But Mary, on the other hand, she said, How can these things be? And it allowed the angel to say, The Holy Ghost will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. So that that thing that is born of you will be called the Son of God. Oh, Lord, we're so thankful for answers. Thank you for answers. Well, we thank you even for the right questions. Help us to know what questions to ask so that things can change. On a personal level, on a family level, on a church level. On a state level and on a national level, we want to ask the right questions, not questioning. But we want you to speak into us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, the way He works, sometimes immediately things come to you. But you be watching. I've had this happen to me. In this last season, over and over, when these verses of Scripture, He'd stir them up in me, it was because the Holy Spirit was stirring something up. Invariably, in the next few hours, a question would rise up. I'd ask the question, and in the night, I'd have a dream, or I'd wake up, and the Holy Spirit would be speaking to my heart. It absolutely stimulates the supernatural element of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is our counselor. He's the one who reveals secrets. But you have to ask Him. Ask Him. He can do a lot more in our lives than what He's doing. How can you get Him to do more? Ask Him questions. It puts Him to work. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit. Adore, adore, Zelelelia breki di boshom breke sambre de stota. Ye kron shell letter modrod zedidi a breshti tididi a mranda. Letteri a breshelelelia breta. Eremageri bedi 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 boshom breke shellelelia brasama. Opening your heart, opening your mind. Anna Kandoro di Avreshe Lelele Avraste de Vejidi Agribe Chora Zelele Avreshe Lidi Avregidi Vesona Aramete, your heart, your mind. Yeni Mengain Dorodi Avreshe Lelele Avrana. We trust it. We trust you, Lord. Yele Barke Roshtanda de Avrate Zelele Avregidi Vishanda de Avrate. Oh, 
Hallelujah, name did it a great Dolalia Reste. Oh, my Sambregesh did it a brete. Hallelujah, Gerobo Jedi of Resala de Arete. Oh, Jagedi of Resata de Abrete Jedi of Resanda. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Yelelelea Garaboroshon, the Rea de Dea Branda. Aradelea Radea Randuru de Christe. Jelelelea Rebe de Botsur, renamed the Dea Christe. Hallelujah. Jelelelea Nate de Dea Procordiste. Ha 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 Hallelujah. Yara de yara du gorolo shon, dare de yagrebe chidi de yarate. Hallelujah. Arraso. Yelele de yarare de yabarando. Which way to go? Yere de yare de kejede. How to move. How to live. How to have your being. Hallelujah. Always wonderful in counsel. He's mighty in counsel. Hallelujah. Ye lady, a garabuzo, restained at a reata. Hallelujah. Ye do ruria redication, did it ever say? Amen. Hallelujah. In Second Chronicles, the twentieth chapter, you remember that is the Israelites, Judah was surrounded by three enemy armies. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And the Bible said he feared and he set his face to seek the Lord. When the enemy was surrounding him, he didn't just go and fight them. The first thing he did, he went and seek the Lord. He looked away from the enemy of what the situation was and he went to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast. And then, remember the, the Lord spoke, I believe in verse 14, the Lord spoke through one of the people in the congregation and said, you'll not need to fight in this battle. That's an amazing verse of scripture, isn't it? But the reason why God said that is because they ceased from their own doing and they came and just sought the Lord. And they asked him. They brought the situation to him. <laughs>